0: Hello everyone. Welcome to Voice of the Wild, an environment and wildlife podcast initiative by Naturalist Foundation. This is the second season, episode 3 of the podcast. With this podcast, we bring you closer to the world of wildlife conservation, scientific research and government environmental policy. I am Debolina and today I'll be talking about web censorship and exaggerated allegations on certain environment support groups. Also, we have involved some really important topics like the major decline in populations of crucial animals like sharks and lemurs. So without making your wait, let's start with Talking about web censorship, in the past few days, you must have come across various news that says that certain websites have been blocked by the government and have been charged with various allegations by the police. Today we will talk about what exactly happened. The three websites that were censored were Fridays for Future India, Let India Breathe and There is No Earth Be. On 29 June, LetIndiaBreathe.in was inaccessible by the domain services. Let India Breathe is a volunteer-led movement that believes that India has a robust system, enough resources, multiple issues to solve. But it is the citizens who can make solve the issues. It is a movement that strongly believes in using technology to address day-to-day problems to the government and most of them related to the environment. It is a group of citizens who want action rather than uprising. On July 8, Delhi Cyber Crime Unit sent a notice to Endurance Domains Technology, LLP, which handled some of these environmental websites, stating that the website depicts objectionable content and unlawful activities or terrorist act which are dangerous for the peace, tranquility and sovereignty of India. The publication and transmission of such objectionable content is a cognizable and punishable criminal offence under Section 18 of the Unlawful Activities Prevention Act. On 10th July, Fridays for Future.in was blocked without providing any reasons. On the very same day, Thereisnoearth.com was made inaccessible on Geo and BSNL networks. Fridays for Future is a climate change movement that started in August 2018 and since then has grown significantly. The movement was initiated by a 16-year-old Swedish girl named Greta Thunberg to demand political leaders to improve the current climate policies for a sustainable future. Since 2018, the movement has spread to almost 125 countries. The main goal of the school strikes is to urge political leaders globally to comply with the recommendations given by the United Nations Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, IPCC. FFF India was started by young Indian volunteers. It is an umbrella having many regional chapters. Its goal is to put moral pressure on policymakers by emphasizing on scientific research and to take appropriate actions to mitigate climate change. Their mission is to safeguard Earth's sustainability for future generations to freely breathe in. The movement challenges the system of oppression. There is no Earth B is an open community that was formed in 2018 by people who were passionate to save the Earth. The community is inspired by the Gandhian philosophy of inspiring change by doing the right things and making realize the wrongdoers through the right actions. The community has also performed 192 cleanups, clearing 8 tons of waste from all over India. When the notice became public and there was an outrage, the Deputy Commissioner, Anish Roy, said that the notice in question was sent over email inadvertently and unrelated sections of the law. As per the notice by their domain hosting service, the sites were blocked based on a complaint received by Cabinet Minister Prakash Javrikar. He complained that he was receiving too many emails on his email address with the subject name like EIA 2020. On 12th July, the Cybercrime Unit withdrew its notice after realising that there was a typographical error. The Deputy Commissioner Anish Roy later said, Accordingly, modified notice under the appropriate section of law, Section 66 IT Act, was sent to the concerned entity. The sites had been blocked by the National Internet Exchange of India and due to the notices by the Cybercrime Unit of Delhi Police. The sites were charged with various UAPA allegations like unlawful activities on the website which may disturb the peace and sovereignty of India, objectable content or unlawful activity, and website contains religious hatred content slash material. UAPA, that is the Unlawful Activities Prevention Act, is an anti terror act. Yuan Aves, a FFF volunteer from Chennai who is also behind the Digital Task Force of FFF India, said, We were booked under Section 66 of the IT Act. This comes under Section 66A, which was struck down by the Supreme Court in 2015 and is no longer a law. This too was later withdrawn. Both charges did not have any legal standing. As per our legal team, I want to add that the public sending grievances to public servants they have elected are a constitutional right, not a conspiracy. On 13th July, public statements were released by the three sites. After trying their best to eliminate any issues from their domain, they found that the sites had been blocked by authorities without any informed reason. The three sites contacted the Internet Freedom Foundation to find out the exact cause. Internet Freedom Foundation, called IFF, is an Indian digital organization that works to ensure technology as fundamental rights. Their goal is to ensure that the citizens can use the internet as guaranteed by the Constitution. Their area of expertise is free speech, digital surveillance and privacy, and net neutrality. The organization is a public charitable trust registered in New Delhi and is granted exemptions under Section 12A and ATG Of the Indian Income Tax Act. On 16th July, the modified notice under Section 66 IT Act was also withdrawn after the website made changes with the emails as reported by the Hindu. However, Internet Freedom Foundation said that they still haven't received copies of the withdrawal notices. On 22nd July, the sites respond to the Delhi Police notice with the help of IFF. The Delhi Police then claimed that all the allegations were clerical errors and the websites were blocked because they were spamming the government email accounts. The notices have been withdrawn, but as of 24th July, there is no official statement or updates that were given by the authorities. On 24th July, the first site to be restored was FFF India's website, followed by Let India Breathe, and There Is No Earth Be sites. The sites were blocked during the peak time of the awareness campaign, held by them regarding EIA 2020 objections. The sites had resources that the concerned citizens could use to send in their EIA objections via mail to the Minister of Environment, Forests and Climate Change, Mr. Prakash. They only facilitated the consultation process of draft EIA 2020. The government itself invited the consultation process in March 2020. An investigation by the quint revealed that the Environment Minister, Prakash Javadekar, had cut short the time for public commentary on the draft EIA 2020 by overruling his own ministry's senior officials. This is seen by many as an attempt to curb any criticism against the draft law. Such actions indicate the lack of responsibility. Being the world's largest democracy, the simple engagement of citizens with the elected representatives is seen as an objectable activity. In today's time, development and environment are like enemies to each other. To do development, nature has to be destroyed, or to save environment, development must be stopped. It's time that we find out ways that these two concepts can coexist with each other. We should find out ways that will not halt the development, and at the same time, environment will receive minimal damage. This task can only be done when the government and the citizens are working together. The government need to realize that they have been elected by the people as a representative of the people. EIA 2020 is a draft that will not only endanger the environment, but also the lives of indigenous people and even people like you and me soon. Climate change is already causing so many problems all around the world. It is nonsensical to say that climate change is a hoax, when the scientific data clearly says that it is going to get worse from here on out. Next, we have highlighted the predicament of two of many endangered species and habitats that require saving. Madagascar, an island country in the Indian Ocean, off the coast of East Africa, is known as a paradise for wildlife lovers. The island, being the world's fourth largest, possesses an enormous number of different species, most being endemic and found nowhere else on the planet. Madagascar is home to a vast array of plants, reptiles, amphibians, mammals, birds and more. One such species that the island is known for is lemurs. Lemurs, in particular, lord many. They are highly intelligent social mammals, and most lemur species are female-dominant and group-living. From ring-tailed lemurs, black-and-white ruffed lemurs, indri, to the smallest madam bird's mouse lemur, all inhabit the island's different habitats and terrains. The island is home to more than a hundred lemur species, occupying many different habitats, that is dry deciduous forest, spiny forest, rainforests, wetlands and mountains. But all that glitters is in gold. Madagascar is a poor country and many subsidence agricultural practices don't always prioritize the environment. Even though the island is diverse with biological riches, there are concerning matters at hand. One of them is that 13 more lemur species are on the verge of extinction. According to an update on IUCN Red List, from 107 surviving species and subspecies, 103 are threatened, with 33 of them being critically endangered. Not only lemurs, even half of primate species in Africa are threatened, including the rollaway monkey, eastern lowland gorilla, and more. This is without a doubt the highest percentage of threat for any large group of mammal or vertebrate. The lemurs of Madagascar are mainly threatened due to habitat loss from agriculture, widespread habitat destruction and degradation, charcoal production, mining, illegal wildlife trade, and the unlawful hunting of endangered species for meat or other uses. As humans have been expanding their territory in the name of development into wild habitats, primates are caught in the crosshairs. For example, forests all over the developing world, including Africa and Madagascar, are being destroyed to accommodate palm oil plantations. This is currently a highly unsustainable practice and is a danger to struggling wildlife populations, local communities and ultimately the entire ecosystem. The bushmeat trade is expanding rapidly and has become the most pressing threat and the illegal wildlife trade, which extends from Africa to China, the Middle East and elsewhere, involves capturing wild animals and putting them in cages as pets or in zoo exhibits. Assessments done not only highlight the very high extinction risk Madagascar's lemurs face, but it is indicative of the grave threats to the island's biodiversity as a whole. Madagascar's unique and wonderful species are its greatest asset, its most distinctive brand and the basis for a major ecotourism industry. Speaking about tourism, it is done to experience new, different surroundings and celebrate the nature around you. But what if tourism we do is harming the same surroundings and nature? In order to make the place accessible for tourists, large areas of heavy vegetation and trees are cut down. This causes the local wildlife to migrate from their own habitat. For this very reason, ecotourism was created. It promotes welfare of the people as well as wildlife and helps conserve nature while also bringing the people close to it. Ecotourism is all about building a space which is accessible for humans and does not harm the environment in any form. Madagascar is one of the places that is known for its ecotourism and keeping the environment pristine. It plays a big part in Madagascar as well as helps maintain the national parks, environment and people's lives on the island to an extent here. According to a recent news in 2019, national scientists presented the Ivato Declaration to encourage political and economic leaders to take swift action on conservation and sustainable economic progress to better protect the country's biodiversity. Scientists have come up with conservation strategies to improve Madagascar's biodiversity, including tackling environment and wildlife crime in a way that doesn't target the poor farmers unaware of environmental laws and using technological advances. Another plan is to ask the government to invest more in order to maintain protected areas and species. However, the current COVID-19 crisis is bound to take an economic toll on the people and intensify the plight of lemurs. The shutting down of the island and restrictions on travel have taken a heavy toll on ecotourism and on the community engagement efforts that require travel to remote corners of the island. Another occurrence that is a major concern is of course climate change that can claim to be disastrous not only to the island but also the planet, which includes humans too. Along with researchers, conservationists and government bodies, We have to take bold and rapid action to reduce the huge damage we are doing to the planet now, before it's too late. Sadly, lemurs are not the only species whose numbers are declining at an alarming rate. Another species we will be talking about are a species of shark. With the reports of struggling coral reefs across the globe, recently the news about the declining population of its top predator, that is the reef sharks, was recorded in a recent global study. These predators are on the top chain of the well-thriving marine ecosystems and are crucial for maintaining the health and vitality of these ecosystems and its biodiversity alike. But the known threats to these creatures include direct consumption of meats and fins, degradation of coastal and marine habitats, bycatching, unethical fishery practices and not to forget the misleading perception caused by media as sharks being acclaimed as dangerous beasts. With the recent unprecedented global survey, it was revealed that the number of these predators took a downturn, with them going functionally extinct in the 19% coral reefs, which were studied around the world. In 2015, marine biologist Dr. Mike Heithaus and Demain Chapman of Florida International University started a project under the organization of Global Finprint, with the aim to conduct a standardized survey of the world's reef shark species which include species such as grey reef sharks, hammerhead sharks, black tit, Caribbean reef sharks, etc. This research was published on 22nd July 2020 in the science journal Nature. To conduct the survey, underwater cameras were fitted on 371 reefs across 58 countries, from the Central Pacific to the Bahamas. Bait was attached to a 1.5 meter pole at the front of the camera to attract the nearby shark. After three years, the team reviewed about 18,000 hours of video footage from 371 tropical reefs, and results were astonishing, with about no sharks detected on any 69 reefs of six nations. With countries like Kenya, Vietnam, Qatar, and India, to name a few, no sharks at all were recorded. But there's always a glimmer of hope in the darkest times, as with the analysis it was clear that not all world sharks were in a dire state worldwide. The Bahamas' shark abundance was recorded to be the highest. Reason was that the government had banned shark fisheries for 30 years. Besides all this, the sharks were thriving in the places that were well-regulated and managed, that is the coral reefs' habitat, marine protected areas and sanctuaries. The other best-performing countries included Australia, the Federated States of Micronesia, French Polynesia, the Maldives, and United Nations. Dr. Aaron McNeil of Dalhousie University, the lead author of the project, created a computer model that compared the relative abundance of reef sharks and used factors such as the potential threats, number of human habitation nearby, and distance of shark fin markets. The places which were doing worse had poor fishing regulations and higher levels of poverty, which in turn forces these fishing communities to exploit these declining populations. They have no alternative, so we really need to figure out solutions that can work with those communities to still protect reef shark effectively. These nations are seeing more sharks in their waters because they have demonstrated good governance on this issue, from restricting certain gear types and setting catch limits to national scale bans on catches and trade. We now have a clear picture of what can be done to limit catches of reef sharks throughout the tropics, Mike Chapman said. Many of the world's shark species are threatened by overfishing, which is often done for their meats and fins, and most of the time get trapped in the fishing gears. The research has been done, but the scientists and the team are going to use the data to study further for conservation steps that could be taken to study the coral ecosystems as these predators rely on them. Now that the survey is complete, we are also investigating how the loss of sharks can destabilize reef ecosystems. At a time when corals are struggling to survive in changing climate, losing reef sharks could also have dire long-term consequences for the entire reef system, said Dr. Mike. Such studies show the conservation efforts that have been taken up to now. It's like a warning sign showing how gravely we need to take further steps to save and at the same time rebuild the struggling populations back to these reefs, where they were historically found. I hope all of you enjoyed this podcast. We will keep posting such content every week. Please like, share and subscribe or follow us to stay updated. Also, please support us on Patreon to show appreciation towards our young team that create and provide such informative content. Link is mentioned in the description. Thank you and see you next time.